0: Hello, Cubs fans, and welcome to a brand new edition of Cubs on Tap. We're talking about another victory. I'm Ron Luce, and I'm joined for the first time in the regular season. We got him back. It's my guy. Almost almost ceremoniously, your first show of the season's a West Coast show, because we were always the West Coast tandem.
1: Exactly. we
0: out at Cubs on Tap. But I am joined by the man himself, Nick Hudson. tonight. buddy, how are you doing after this Cubs victory?
1: Ron, I'm doing well, man. It's refreshing to get a W on the West Coast, especially when you're in the Midwest, staying up a little past your bedtime. You know, it's good to get it's good to get that W.
0: Oh, 100. It always feels better. It's it's just you can't beat it. You can't beat West Coast victories, and in this case tonight, that's exactly what the Cubs did, and. It looked a little interesting early on, Nick. Let's just dive right into this thing. We had a pitcher's duel on our hands. Really, for about the first five innings, uh, Chuck for the A's was sensational. Uh, they drove up his pitch count on him, but just five hits given up. He Cade five. I believe it was three walks, confirming that now it was uh, in five innings of work for the young left-hander. Really good outing for him overall. And then on the flip side, Marcus Stroman gets it done again. You can see it in my, my little name tag over here. I'm backwards. Uh, Stroh show show out because another six-hitting performance from Stroman. No runs, just the two walks, only two hits, and 5Ks for Marcus Stroman. I mean, Nick, let's start right there. Waldichuk, obviously impressive in his own right, but six innings of shutout ball again. This is four <laughs> straight starts of six innings now for Stroman to start the year.
1: Yep, consistency. It's been very consistent of him, and that—that's uh, kind of what you want. You you want to see consistent innings being pitched. Uh, you don't want to be getting into the bullpen so much. And Stroh's the kind of guy that can give you those innings. And uh, today he just had it work and going six innings, uh, just allowing two hits. Um, the big number that struck me was just two base on balls. He's really doing well with that control. Um, when he spots his pitches, it sets up all the other things that he can do. As he said, that sinker is going to be sinking. It is, it is. I mean, he, he gets those ground balls. He get, works his way out of jams. Um, he's been nothing but the stroke show, man.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, you nailed it right out of the head, man. I mean, consistency with it just feels like the key right now with a guy like Marcus Strowman, you know, You hear about it so much through him and and, and through the Cubs and a lot of their kind of off-season stuff. The amount of work he puts in to be that level of consistent, and especially for a guy that relies on movement, right? He's not a flamethrower. I mean, he still throws plenty hard, but not a flamethrower. He relies on the ground ball. He relies on the defense behind him. You know, I think that's why we're seeing a different Marcus Stroman this year because this team was – for lack of a better term, dog shit last year (laughs) defensively. And there were a lot of games where he should have got a win or he should have, you know, maybe had a better game. And the defense just pissed it away. I can think about that White Sox start where Stroman went seven and didn't get the win because the the defense and then the the bullpen ended up pissing it away in the final two innings. So this year now, it's a different group, right? You got Dansby Swanson over at short. Nico is – the, the most elite defensive second baseman in, in major leagues. Yes, I know we're we're still chiming for this over at first as a collective fan base, but Hosmer and in, in, in Mancini, all things considered, are getting the job done. And Wisdom has played a really good defensive third. He looks like his 2021 version of himself again compared to last year. So yep. you have the infield behind him. Oh, and then you got three gold glove caliber outfielders as well. Forgot exactly. to mention that, you know, so... <laughs> I mean, it really does feel like maybe some of that confidence and knowing what Stroman has behind him is really starting to settle in for him now. Because again, this is six straight or four straight games now of minimum six innings. I mean, he's got six in all of them, just a flat six innings in every single start. Like you mentioned with the walks, he hasn't walked more than three in a start and his K numbers for Marcus Stroman's sake are up. He's minimum five tonight was his lowest amount of strikeouts otherwise he's posted six six and eight so far in the year man I mean damn it is so nice to see Strode dealing the way he has so far
1: yeah it's magical and you made a great point when you have a guy that's pitching to contact and a defense that's a little shaky you know you're gonna have some false numbers there so What kind of numbers last year were true, what were not for Strowman? It's hard to say. Now you have a defense behind him that's actually producing and he looks elite. So, elite indeed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
0: he's starting to look like that $25 million a year starter that they paid him for last offseason. That I remember sitting here watching people on Twitter berate him and then he went off in the second half. And I I sat here and screamed at people. There are, it's on record. You can find the episodes, I'm sure. (laughs) I yelled at people about Strowman last year, and he's showing it again this year. All these all these knuckleheads coming into the season, especially in the national media landscape, where they aren't as t- dialed into each team respectively. They just kind of ride the narratives that they hear. I mean, everybody's telling me Marcus Strowman was a third starter. Marcus Strowman looks like an ace. He's been an ace. Yeah. And the crazy thing is the Cubs have two aces, and we're going to see one of them tomorrow. We'll get to that here later in the show. A couple quick comments, though, Nick, before we uh, keep this discussion rolling, our friend Jeremiah here in the comments. (laughs) This game felt like five hours long. That is 100% true. I think that first inning with both teams loading the bases, I don't know what the hell happened, but, yes, this game felt egregiously long compared to yesterday's game. Um, But this this might be my favorite comment from Jeremiah here. He also notes uh, giving the ace pitcher his flowers. And indeed we did while was really good uh, yeah. through those first five, but it took the Cubs 28 games to get to 10 wins last season. And they did it in just 16 this year, 10 and six now through 16 games are the Cubbies. I mean, it really is a different team this year and it feels really good, Nick. And, and speaking of a different team, you know, we're, we're starting to see that with the offense too, because Last year, the offense would show up or it wouldn't show up. It would completely depend based on how things were going. Now, it feels like this offense shows up when they need to. The timely hitting has been the real key for this team, and we saw it in that big eighth inning tonight.
1: Exactly. Yeah, the the clutch hitting has been a big um, trademark for this team this year. Uh, Something last year was we lacked consistency as you said the offense would be here and then it would be gone it would be here and then it would be gone and at certain times it would actually drag on for long periods it would be a drought without any offense what i love about this cubs team is their plate appearances i mean i am kind of an old school baseball guy give me a good plate appearance even if you get out. if you're taking six to eight pitches that's fantastic then it's a productive plate appearance for me obviously get on base but they're going up there and putting together smart, intelligent plate appearances. And that's what that's what I've loved to see. But the power, specifically out of Patrick Wisdom, has been just great. So refreshing because we need that. And we were talking about with Saya, now he's obviously back, but with Saya out of the lineup, who was going to pick up that slack? It certainly was Patrick Wisdom. So I mean, it's been it's been great. And I don't want to get my hopes up, obviously, but they look a lot more consistent. They look like you said, it looks like Things are going in the right direction, at least.
0: Yeah, 100%. I like what you brought up about the plate appearances, because it really does feel like this team is getting back to taking good at-bats on a regular basis. Something we saw this team really kind of established as a trademark, obviously a very different looking roster at the time. But when they won in 2016, that was kind of a trademark of that Cubs team was work, you know, the starting pitchers pitch count up and get to that bullpen early. That was their key to their success because when you wear out the bullpen in game one of a series, then you force that team to reuse guys probably when they're more tired than you would like them to be. And that's how you beat teams up over the course of 162 games. You're starting to see that again with this team. Swanson had a couple of really good at-bats tonight, even though he got some calls on him that, were borderline strikes that the ump gave him. I'll give the ump I'll give the ump credit he was consistent at least tonight. The things he was calling for the A's, he was calling for the Cubs and vice versa. He wasn't too terribly far off, thank goodness. But it it was it was really interesting to see just how they were calling this game. Nonetheless, the good played appearances is really paying off. And you mentioned Patrick Wisdom tonight, a perfect example. Sure, he didn't hit another long ball. He's still stuck at eight. Sorry, everybody. I know we're, we're excited that Patrick Wisdom's hitting the shit out of the baseball. But that double in the eighth inning is really kind of what got everything started, right? The Cubs were taking their walks. They were getting some hits. But like Boog, I believe it was that mentioned in the broadcast, when Seiya Suzuki was on third base after the Wisdom double, that was the first runner for either team on third base or at least for the Cubs, maybe it wasn't for both teams, pardon me, but for the Cubs, since the first fucking inning when they loaded the bases and they left them stranded, like they really dialed it in, and it felt like Wisdom's that power came through again because that was a rope down the left field line. Gets himself as well as, say, on the scoring position. Bellinger delivers in the next A.B. Jan Gomes delivers on the little dribbler perfect base running too to have bellinger running so you avoid the double play and then obviously eventually belly comes around to score on a nick magical hit and then magical scores uh on the error on the Nico Horner fly ball and that's all they needed the four runs they took care of business fulmer comes in in the eighth he got the job done got two gold glove caliber plays though from bellinger and swanson as well and then in the ninth michael rucker a sneaky good bullpen arm so far for the Cubs this year. hasn't gotten a lot of love just because of the guys like Keegan and Adbert and so on. But I mean, Nick, this team, this team feels, I mean, even dating back to when you and I were first doing shows back in 2019. And we, we watched that collapse in the second half of that season. This team arguably feels more complete than that 19 team did because you know, you had a 19, you had the Lester and Hamels fall off in the second half. So two, you know, ooh, pardon me, 40% of your rotation was shaky at best for the second half. And then the bats were either super hot or super cold. They dealt with a lot of injuries. You know, no Javier Baez. That's why we got to see Nico Horner debut at the end, toward the end of that season. Like there were so many things that came into play that made them not feel like a complete baseball team. This version of the Cubs feels like a complete baseball team now.
1: Yeah, that's that's a great point. I mean, one word that comes to mind for me with this year is, is depth. And they feel like a very deep team. And that gives me a lot of comfort because in 2019, as you were saying, we did see the collapse. But one of the major things that um, you know Jed Hoyer was saying is um, the team itself wasn't built to last a long time. And he wants to build something that lasts a long time. And this is starting to feel like it can last a bit of time. You can stay with this approach and win ball games. There are going to be nights like this where you face good pitchers and you can't put up the giant numbers on the board. Uh, I think there's no one on this lineup that even got more than two hits, but if you string together plate appearances and runs, you can – you can work the game and, and there's going to be a lot of games like this. You're going to face tough, tough pitchers. It's just what's going to happen, especially with the schedule change this year. Mm-hmm. You're going to see a lot more variety of pitchers and yep. you know, there, there's people that will shut you down, but this Cubs team, like you said, it feels complete. It feels very complete. And with that comes more of a an approach that lends itself to wins.
0: Mm-hmm. 100% incredibly well put my friend
1: quickly. Um,
0: comments here before i I bring something back to a point that you just made uh our friend and and fellow co-host tyler tonight saying boys for a west coast schedule we may have been a little skeptical coming into it and we absolutely were you heard us talk about it a lot through the first couple you know week and a half of the season um but as tyler notes this entire roster has stepped up and showed out love to see it Love it. 100% true, my friend. And then as Jeremiah says, um, as we mentioned, sneaky good describing the whole Cubs bullpen. I agree. Uh, Very unheralded bullpen from a national standpoint. You ask anybody around the league outside of maybe Keegan Thompson to name a bullpen arm for the Cubs. They're probably going to struggle naming guys. But again, they're just putting it together. But Nick, you mentioned that no player in this lineup had more than a single hit tonight. And that is unfortunately not true. And that's okay because it actually sets up perfectly for our next transition point, because the only guy that did have two hits in this lineup tonight was one Seas Suzuki. He was two for two with three walks, reached all five times. That's the Seas Suzuki. This, we saw the home run in L.A., which was great, and we got to see the power showed off. We saw the RBI in yesterday's game. He drove in a run. Great to see out of him in that four spot. But today, this is the Seas Suzuki that we all – remember from last year when he's at his best he's yeah. taking his walks he's an on-base machine and when he is getting hits they're meaningful hits again five played appearances reaches all five times tonight I, I mean it, it was the it was the Stroh show tonight and he Marcus Stroman undoubtedly the the player of the game but Sayas Suzuki probably a very very close honorable mention as the second guy here just because of how good he was at the dish tonight
1: yeah. Yeah. That's hundred percent correct. And something with say that I've started to notice is the umps aren't giving him as bad as calls of last year. He, I mean, he has a great eye and he got screwed over a bunch last year on a bunch of plate appearances where you'd go, are you kidding? Like, that's not a strike. Uh, there's going to be times like that this year, but I like that he's sticking with that approach. He's not going to expand the strike zone. If you expand the strike zone, you just, you're causing yourself to, have issues, and for a while he was doing that because um, he got away from that approach. But like you said, getting back to this, where he's taking his walks, he's seeing the pitches, he's going with whatever pitch is coming with him to his swing. He'll take the ball the other way when he's real hot like this. He he's smart. He's very smart with what he does, and like you said, it's just good to see Seiya be back to being Seiya. Uh, I hope it continues, and I think it definitely can. The power is going to come with what you said. Good plate appearances you'll get pitches to hit then so that's the key setting himself up to get that pitch that he can drive far
0: absolutely and I'll tell you what we saw it last year he he was hot coming out the gate the league adjusted to him a little bit but then he readjusted once he got back from the injury obviously missed some time because of that um I believe it was his index finger or his ring finger uh when he slid into second base in Cincinnati last year missed some time with that but he got back to being, like you said, kind of himself again, you know, sticking to his approach. And he's taken that right back into this season. And that's really, really good to see. And I said it, I've been saying it all season long. I, I know we have as a collective group as well here at Comes on Tap that this lineup was going to look vastly different with Say Suzuki in the four hole. And I kept, I told one of my buddies, big shout out because he's a big friend of the program. But my buddy Kyle, um, Mr. Kyle K, you know who you are, my friend. Uh, kept telling me, say I should hit in three spot. I was like, no, 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 no. Let, don't touch the top three. Let it be the Nico Swanson and, and Happer show, that as it should be. Put say on that four spot. Because all of a sudden you move every single one of those dangerous guys that was hitting four through six the first week and a half of the season down, and they just become more dangerous there. Look what's happened. Patrick Wisdom, he, you're forced to pitch to him now because he's hitting in the six hole. Bellinger's hitting in the six or the seven hole most nights. You know, you're you're having guys showing up. The bottom of this order is now able to hit because the dynamic is completely different with a guy like Say Suzuki in that four hole. It just it completely changes the dynamic of how you pitch to this team, and it completely changes really how you pitch to your top three because now they're protected by a guy like Say Suzuki, And then Suzuki's protected by guys like Bellinger and guys like Wisdom, who are really hot right now, too. So again, just the completeness of this team that we talked about in the depth, say Suzuki, a huge part of that. He looked good. He looked good defensively tonight as well. Um, early in the game, getting to that ball in the, uh, in the gap, limiting that to a double because that runner never came around to score as a result. And then because of the respect that people have already seen on his arm, that people don't want to test him. They didn't try to tag up and, and get to third either on that next out. So Again, just a beautifully complete game from a guy like Seiya Suzuki has to give Cubs fans just this breath of fresh air and excitement. I know it does for me because when he's clicking, in my opinion, the rest of the team can click at their own pace because Juice has noted it a bunch of times. Seiya Suzuki is the type of player that can carry you for a month if you need him to, as are guys like potentially Ian Happ and Cody Bellinger. We're starting to see a little bit of that now, right? Like Dansby's cooled off a little bit, still hitting well, but he's cooled off a little bit. Nico is cooled off, not really that much, but a tad. Not a lot. Yeah. Hap is still staying consistent, but because of of having these guys in the lineup now, it's allowing a a different dynamic for the rest of the lineup as well. So, uh, Nick, I want to turn it back over to you, buddy. Again, because there was no score to this game for fucking – Eight, almost eight, eight full innings. You know, we did, didn't have probably as much to talk about as like yesterday's game when it was a 10 1 game and Joey and I were sitting <laughs> on here giggling and laughing because the, the Cubs just, just throttled the A's uh, on Monday night. But I want to turn it back over to you for any final thoughts. I've got one as well, but I want to give you the floor first here of just final thoughts for the game tonight.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, final thoughts is this was a really good game, a really good baseball game. I mean, like I said, you're going to face good pitching. You're not going to be able to put up crooked numbers every time the Cubs offense, I think is a a lot better than what we had anticipated. I mean, Mm. look at the Cardinals. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Right. (laughs) So Mm. overall, this is just a great game. It's it's a great game. It's good to see. And like a breath of fresh air for Saya to be back to being Saya. And, you know, hopefully this just continues, but going on a West Coast trip and having success, even though it's the A's, it's it's a big deal, especially for these Cubs. I remember a bunch of years going on West Coast trips, just hating life, being up at midnight going, well, oh, I got to go to work tomorrow. This sucks. This stayed up for nothing. So it's a great win. And we just got to remember, you know, the Cardinals are in last place.
0: That's big facts and I'm glad you brought that up cuz Jeremiah also said that in the comments whispers the Cardinals lost today yes they did even though uh that backstop that used to play for the Chicago Cubs hit his first home run in a Redbirds uniform um it was it was a bomb didn't matter but it was a bomb um nonetheless and uh Jeremiah I'm going to call this Jeremiah's last thought uh, he says cut Torrens and call it nervous yeah I mean they yeah. removed Torrens from the game Madrigal came in and made more of an impact as the the DH effectively later in the game. um, Maybe we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. The Cubs aren't going to rush any prospects though. I'm preaching patience to people. I'm excited to see them too. I want to see Morell. I want to see Mervis. I want to see these guys on a consistent basis. But but right now, if this team's winning games. That's true. They're not going to rush these guys because they're not going to play every day necessarily if they're being rushed right now. I would rather guys like Mervis and and Morell and Nellie V play every single day in Iowa. Granted, Iowa, I don't know if anybody has seen Iowa, hasn't played in like five days because of like snow and rain and all the and just scheduled off days and all this weird shit. But like those guys need to play every day. And when until we get to the point where Hosmer and Mancini, or at least one of those two, are so bad to the point that it it, it makes sense then to call up a guy like Mervis. That's when you'll see it. I think we see Mervis this year. Don't get me twisted, but I just don't know when that'll be. Um, Nick quickly. My final thought. First off, this is a series win. you mentioned you you like West coast trips when you don't hate your life as a result of them. Cubs are guaranteed a winning road trip after tonight's win. Uh, This is their fourth win on the road trip. Obviously we would like to see it be five and one and not four and two, but they're at least guaranteed a winning road trip. Huge, especially this early in the season. Secondly, there was a statistic on the broadcast that through the first 15 games of a the season, there have only been three players in MLB history to record at least 22 runs scored, 16 or more hits, and nine or more stolen bases through the first 15 games of a season for their respective team. Ricky Henderson, one of the greatest leadoff hitters ever. Kenny Lofton one of the greatest leadoff headers ever should be in the hall of fame and Nico Horner. Wow. (laughs) Nico Horner is officially putting himself in elite leadoff category because we got so used to as Cubs fans talking about Dexter Fowler, the you go, we go it's no longer you go, we go it's Nico. We go (laughs) because right now with Nico Horner atop this lineup, he is making shit happen for this offense because he's so dangerous, it gives Swanson a chance to drive in runs right out the gate. Gives guys like Ian Happ chances to drive in runs from that three spot. Gives a guy like Saya Suzuki a big chance to drive in a lot of runs, especially from that four spot when you have the three guys ahead of him all hitting over 300 right now. Perhaps one of the greatest decisions the Cubs made coming into this season from a lineup construction perspective was giving Nico Horner the opportunity to be the leadoff hitter. And it's paying off right now because he is doing absolutely freaking everything that this team needs him to do. He leads the majors in stolen bags. He, he's a, a run-producing machine right now. If you have him in fantasy, you probably love him. I have him in fantasy in one of my. <laughs> I accidentally, accident, I accidentally drafted him earlier than I wanted to because he was in my queue and I ran out of time. But I'm not mad about it because he's he's paid off. But man, oh man, this team is so much fun. Uh, but Nick, let's let's go ahead and look ahead to tomorrow because there is one more game left in this West Coast swing against these lowly Athletics. Uh, it will be an afternoon matchup. We'll be back on the mics. Much earlier than we've been the last two nights. Uh, I believe tomorrow it is expected. Um, you know, just as we expect starting pitchers in baseball, your expected co hosts on Cubs on Tap will be myself and the Juice Man. So the Juice and Loose show will be operating right after this one. But uh, it is a weird 2:37 start. Don't ask me why it's such an off time, but it is um, from Oakland, the Oakland Coliseum in Oakland, California on Wednesday, April 19th, the 10 and six Cubs will do battle with the three and 15 Oakland athletics on the bump. Uh, it will be Mason Miller, I believe is the name um, that, Boog suggested at the end of the broadcast, MLB.com still showing as TBD for the starter tomorrow for the A's. Uh, yes, Jeremiah, we can call them the Athletics. Unfortunately, that is their name even though they're not a very athletic ball club. Completely agree with you there, buddy. Um, But on the other side, for the Cubbies, friend of the program, the lefty, the ace in the making—not even in the making—he is an ace. Just a steal. On the bump, he started this road trip off with with a bang, with a seven inning performance against the Dodgers in that win uh, on Friday night of last week. I think he he finishes it up in the same breath, uh, but he is two and zero with a one forty two ERA through his first three starts on the year for the Cubs. Just three players on this Oakland Athletics roster have seen him: uh, Rooker, the only one picking up a lone hit in his one AB. Um, the other two players, Aguilar and Peterson, are zero one and zero two against him for their careers so not much to go off of from that standpoint but nick uh what are you expecting what do you need to see out of this team tomorrow uh for the cubs to uh go for the sweep we love the sweep as juice would say uh, We
1: love the sweep (laughs) yeah 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 i want to see a sweep i mean what i expect is that justin seal is actually going to just shove it down the athletics throats tomorrow i mean i want to see him go late into the game i want to Barely touch the bullpen, just go out and nice. shove, take over the game, let the offense have a little break. I mean, they put up a lot of runs this uh series, so let them have a little break, carry him a little bit. I, I hope he just absolutely shoves, but you know, it wouldn't hurt to get some offense in there too. But I, I hope it's a he just takes over this game because he has the potential to just take this over 100%.
0: Um, Mr. ricotta here, our friend says Mason Miller could be a problem, probably some nerves in his debut, though. So, that's a debut game for the youngster tomorrow. Um, that'll be something to keep in mind, I think, in this one, certainly. Um, but I agree, man. Steel just he's got that bulldog mentality. I mean, I, I think we said it countless times here at Cubs on Tap. He he has that reminder of a John Lester type where he's that bulldog left hander, he goes out there every fifth day, gives you his best effort. And it's hard to not like what you've seen so far against a very good Dodgers team. He went seven innings, only gave up two runs, only three hits, walks one and K's eight. I mean, if he does anything close to that, to this piss poor athletics roster in comparison, I mean, we could be sitting here talking about another seven inning start from steel tomorrow. It's very, very possible. So I'm rooting for Justin. I hope he goes out and absolutely just shoves it down the throat of the a's like you said nick um yeah and i mean again series wins are cool but sweeps are even cooler and even tougher when you can get them and tomorrow presents a perfect opportunity to do so sweep we love the sweep good old sweep so um let's go get that done tomorrow uh so that would be great to see and jeremiah said a little bit early said let's get the series sweep tomorrow uh, also glad he doesn't have to stay up till midnight <laughs> tomorrow true this 2 o'clock game is going to be great tomorrow. I'm very excited for a 2.30 start. Um, we'll probably be rolling with you right around 5 o'clock, um, myself and Juice, to wrap up this series. And then Thursday, admittedly, be on Weather Watch. It's supposed to thunderstorm in the Chicagoland area. Don't be surprised if that game gets moved. Um, there might be a doubleheader over the weekend. Um, and then that positions us perfectly for a Friday afternoon show with that one twenty start um, against the uh, the Dodgers. It's another four. It's a four game set with the Dodgers. So, um, but be on be on rain watch for Thursday because I don't know what the hell's going to happen. Um, I was I have tickets technically to the game on Thursday. I'm probably going to sell them because I don't trust the weather, and inevitably I'm going to sell them and the weather's going to clear up and then I'm going to look like an asshole. But it is what it is. Um, we'll get to that when the time comes. But Nick. Before we get out of here, buddy, I do want to quickly remind everybody Cubs on Tap, one of two official Cubs podcasts of the ONTAP Sports Network. Check out our friends over at the Dinger's podcast. They're at Dinger Cubs on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, also can find them on TikTok as well. And, um, you know, follow all the boys. Mitch, Jake, Jeff, Kevin, they do a great job. They're a lot of fun. Uh, they were live yesterday before we went live later in the evening. Uh, and they'll be back with you guys again next Monday, uh, which is a Cubs off day. Uh, mind you, before the San Diego Padres series back at Wrigley Field. Um, also, be sure to follow us at Cubbies on Tap on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Loose on Tap on the Bluebird app. Nick is at Nick underscore on Tap on said Bluebird app. We follow all the other boys as well at Juice on Tap, at Teddy Freddy 270, and at Joey Knows Nothing. Um, be sure to follow the Betts boys, Bears, Bulls, Blackhawks. You know the drill. We've got it all. Bears, the draft coming up next week. Uh, and The Bulls and Blackhawks entering off-season mode. Um, now as everything stands, Four Feathers was live yesterday, so if you need your Blackhawks tickle, uh, go listen to that new show as well. I uh, I said we don't have any slapdick coaches uh, in Chicago for the Blackhawks. It's a true story. It's on record. Um, it was a fun episode, so be sure to check that out as well. Be sure to check out the Bulls guys as well. They'll surely be probably having a season recap um, at some point here in the future and yes as jeremiah says he knows it's coming uh yes we do have Sox friends too um they split their double header today uh with the philadelphia phillies so tell your friends about our friends and send them over to socks on tap those guys were early, uh, live earlier in the evening this evening uh talking about that double header split once again, on tapsportsnet.com and on tap sports on the social media, the on tap sports network. Go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. Nick, this was a fun one. Big eighth inning leads to a four-a-win for the Cubbies. Um, and we're looking for the, the sweep. Gotta love the sweep tomorrow against the Oakland Athletics. Again, we'll be back with you after that one. And then we'll be on weather watch for Thursday's game as the Cubs come back home to take on the Dodgers for four uh, before what will probably be a well-needed off day and then three with the Padres before they jump on the road again. As always, I am Ron Luce from Nick Hudson. Thanks for joining us. And uh, Nick, buddy, what do you say we get out here? The only one we know how? At Cubs on tap? Yep. Go Cubs. And fuck the Cardinals.